0: hey everybody this is episode six of artist soapbox this podcast was brought to you by the soapboxers official patrons of the artist soapbox podcast i'd like to give a special thanks to one of our patrons lee holmes lee and i made theater together in the triangle area years ago and she supports the podcast even though she no longer lives in the area thank you so much lee i miss you and appreciate you and wish you all the best. You can support the Artist Soapbox podcast via our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash artistsoapbox, and I'll also put that link in the show notes. Thanks so much, and let's get on with it. Hello and welcome to Artist Soapbox, a podcast featuring artists from the Triangle region of North Carolina talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am Tamara Kassane. In this episode, I'm speaking with Susanna Hoff. Susanna Hoff, is co-artistic director of Honest Pint Theatre Company. She hails from Los Angeles, but has called the Triangle home for many years now and is a veteran of numerous stage and film companies, including Honest Pint Theatre Company, Little Green Pig Theatrical Concern, Deep Dish Theatre Company, Justice Theatre Project, Bolly Little Theatre, Theatre in the Park, and Theatre Fest. She has appeared in short films with Bombshell Studios, Turnip Films, and Carbon Footprint, as well as numerous commercials and industrial videos. She coaches young actors for auditions and teaches acting classes as well. Susanna will be playing Lucinda in Honest Pint's production of The Mystery of Love and Sex by Bathsheba Duran, opening Friday, October 27th at Interact North Raleigh Arts and Creative Theater. Today, we'll be, we will be doing a deep dive into Susanna's experience as co-artistic director of Honest Pint Theatre Company and her acting journey as Lucinda in the mystery of love and sex. Hello, Susanna. Hello, Tamra. I'm so glad that you're here. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. You're in a show that opens tomorrow night
1: That's as right. we record today. Yeah. Yep. How are you feeling? I'm feeling excited. And I'm feeling ready and relieved. yeah, that's a good place to be in. yeah, we're ready.
0: We're ready. So we'll talk more about this that specific production okay. as we continue. but I want to step back a bit and talk about your role as co-artistic director with Honest Pint because you are not only in the show but you are also the artistic director and producer. So for listeners who are unfamiliar, just to give you a little bit of context, Honest Pint Theatre Company is a professional theatre company located in Raleigh, North Carolina, born in the summer of 2013. Since then, Honest Pint has produced multiple critically acclaimed shows, including Char White's Annapurna, Shakespeare's Hamlet, the uncut version, and The Night Alive by Connor McPherson. Already this season, Honest Pint put up a fantastic... King Lear co-produced with Sweet Tea, Shakespeare, and now The Mystery of Love and Sex, which opens October 27th and runs through November 12th. David Henderson is the other co-direct, co-artistic director of Honest Pint, and you joined him in that role in 2017. Right, the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. You have so much experience and so many relationships already built up as a performing artist and director and teacher, you could have continued successfully in that vein. What compelled you to assume the role of co-artistic director in the
1: company? Well, there were a couple of reasons. Um, First, you know, the landscape of Triangle Theater has changed a lot in just the past few years. You know, theaters have come and gone, and um, there seems to be fewer and fewer opportunities. Mm -hmm. and um, also, I you know, I've always wanted to do things on my own, but it's really the reality of, of, of running a theater company. <laughs> it's, it's very, very difficult. You can't really do it all by yourself, right? Um, and you know, we have Day jobs, careers. We have family obligations. We have all kinds of stuff in, in our in our daily lives. So, to run a theater company requires an Im- immense amount of of energy and resources, both personal and financial, and mm-hmm. all of that. So, um, you know, David knew he wanted to grow the company, and that he couldn't do it on his own, and he generously approached me to to see if I was interested in in doing it Mm -hmm. houseies with him. And um, that was just a huge, huge generous thing for him to do, to give up complete control and share it 50-50 with someone else. And he wanted to give that opportunity to a woman. Let's Mm. not forget, like big props to David Henderson Mm -hmm. for wanting to do that. And so it was this wonderful convergence of um, desire and opportunity something I always wanted to do, dreamed about doing, but knew I couldn't do it. I I was raising my children. I have a husband with a big career. I got things going on, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was just just really lovely that he offered that to me at a time when I was really ready to take it on. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It was just perfect timing in my personal life. Honest Pint is a
0: relatively new company Mm -hmm. with a small staff and a lean budget. So running a company like that is different than running a super gigantic company mm-hmm. with a huge budget oh, yes. and a huge staff and support network. What is it like for you and David on a daily basis to be a co-artistic director of Honest point How do you split the work? What
1: do you do? Well, we talk to each other every day, no matter what. Sometimes those phone calls are at 6.30 a.m. Sometimes they're at midnight sometimes they're when you're in the bathroom, I'm not kidding, um, we can't, we text every day, we speak in GIFs and emojis, mm-hmm. it is ongoing. The great thing about it is that we are deep friends, we we are like, a he's like my brother mm-hmm. and he always will be no matter what And and we have a huge amount of respect for each other and he's such a generous and kind person and a patient person and I can only speak about him, you know, that's just, so he's just, we're simpatico, I -hmm. guess is what I'm saying, we read each other's minds, I mean, we're constantly saying jinx or texting jinx, because we are just on the same wavelength, so that's very helpful, Mm -hmm. otherwise it wouldn't work at all, but what it means to be an artistic director of a very small theater company, there is no machine behind us you're looking at the machine or half of it and so that means we wear all the hats we from the artistic side to the business side you're you're the accountant the comptroller the marketing director the casting director the stage hand the lighting consultant the sound designer the painter the toilet scrubber the box office manager the therapist the chief hugger and a lot of times the mean mom mm. and that's the truth um but, you know, ultimately David and I work so well together and that's the godsend. That's the only reason why it works. How did you discover that you would work well together? I guess because we've been friends for, well, 10 years at least. Um, and we we both have a sense of humor, ultimately. like We have very dark senses of humor. We just know that about each other and just working with each other in the past. And um, I don't know, I guess we just, you know when you meet people and you're just like, I get you. Mm-hmm. That's just how we were. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I think I remember you telling me, we ran into each other one day. This was during King Lear. Mm-hmm. And you said something like, I'm going to go put a bunch of trees in my car and drive them <laughs> to the theater. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, or you were going to transport a bunch of... Dead trees. Dead trees, yeah. that's what it is. And that, right. that was such a great example of... This is what it means oh, yeah. to be a co-artistic director. Yeah. Some days, it means choosing the season and being up front and, you know. Posing for a picture, for a picture. being
1: on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And then other times, you're transporting dead trees in the back of your car, yeah. Right, uh-huh. you're doing the
0: things that other people haven't I, gotten to right. do, or. Uh, you're,
1: you're cleaning the theater completely. Mm-hmm. You're scrubbing the toilet, because yes. nobody else does that. Yes.
0: That's your job. It's so funny. Everybody talks about scrubbing the toilet. Mm-hmm. When I think of being a co-artistic director of both Hands Theater Company, yeah. I always think of scrubbing the toilet. Right. I was talking to Jamika in a previous episode as a stage manager, and now uh, director of Black Ops, and it's like we all scrub toilets. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's such a funny. <laughs> That's the glamour right there. Right, and, and you know,
1: <laughs> people forget that. So like, you know, you 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 hire actors or what I you know to be in your show, mm-hmm. and they're like. Where's the where's the big machine behind all this? And like, sweetie, you're looking at her. Right. This is it. Right. Yeah. So Which is a tremendous responsibility.
0: It is. It is. You have a really exciting and ambitious season. I loved King Lear. I thought it was really genuine and beautifully made. And I can't wait to see the performances for the rest of the season. I'm curious about how you and David chose projects for this season like what did that look like behind the scenes
1: well i am an avid reader of scripts and um i have a large collection of scripts most of them i'll never pick up again Mm -hmm. but that's okay i'm always curious and i always want to know you know what's out there so um i i picked up the mystery of love and sex about a year and a half ago and i slipped it to david during the Night Alive, and I said that was you know a year ago, and I said this, this here's a winner, mm-hmm. and why don't you read it and see if you like it? And he did, he loved it, which was great. So, um, you know, and he'll slip me the script, a script every now and then, and we'll either love it or we'll put it in the maybe pile, or you know, we're like definitely that's a yes someday, you know, whatever. Um, So that's really, it's just a lot of reading and research. So King Lear was a show that I inherited as as co-artistic director. That had already been planned. Correct. Mm. David had planned that uh, uh, when he was doing Hamlet, so over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my only role in in King Lear was producer. It was a beautiful show, and um, that partnership with Sweet Tea Shakespeare, you know, that's why it was so beautiful you know we they they we did half or more of the work you mm-hmm. know so it was really visually a stunning show i thought and the music was beautiful everything i just i loved it anyways so for the coming up season again same thing i've i found a script that i loved passed it to david he loved it definitely this is a yes a-S-A-P, we applied for the rights and didn't get them. Mm-hmm. So we figured, oh, they're holding it for Lort theaters, or there might be a, a, another comeback to Broadway or off-Broadway with this particular show. So we were very disappointed, and so we just kind of cooled it for a few months, and then we decided to reapply for the rights, mm-hmm. just for shits and giggles, and we got it. Mm-hmm. And that show is Gloria by Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, Wow! and we are beside ourselves that we got the rights to this show. It was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize Mm -hmm. last year, and um, it's about gun violence, and yeah, it's a big, big subject, but uh, I'm I'm so excited to do it, but we can talk about that next
0: time. When will that go up, do you think?
1: Well, we don't know, and that's another conversation about the shortage of venues mm-hmm. um, in Raleigh. Uh, we don't necessarily need to stay in Raleigh, but we like to be in Raleigh. Um, Raleigh's our home. We mm-hmm. want to bring theater to Raleigh, but it's very hard to find space to produce theater when you're an itinerant company. Mm-hmm. There's just no space, and the space that exists is very, very expensive, Right? outrageously expensive. So I don't know when Gloria will go up. We're hoping this summer.
0: I want to go back a little bit because there's something that you were talking about that was always a mystery to me. Um, when I was a co-artistic director of a theater company, we wrote our own plays. Yeah. So that w- it was always a pretty easy way to figure out what we were doing over the course of a season. Right. What is the... Mis- this this is a mystery to me, this idea of Reading a script, applying for rights, maybe you don't get them, then you do. How much do they cost? Like, What is the recipe there?
1: Oh, my God. Okay, well, so the recipe is first and foremost when you read the script. Did you feel it? Did it touch you? Did did the sirens go off? If yes, okay, we're going to consider this. And then is it a show that appeals to an audience? Like, are other people gonna feel what you feel when Mm -hmm. you read it? Then, is it possible to even produce this, given our resources? And by resources, you know, money, of course. Mm -hmm. Can we build a set in a very limited space that really wasn't intended to be a theater in the first place, Mm -hmm. or in a theater that is bare bones? Um, Can we cast it? Gloria is going to be quite a challenge for us to cast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's the
0: size of the cast?
1: It's about six people. Um, The roles are double cast or or triple cast in some instances. It's a a racially diverse cast, Mm -hmm. and it's very specific. And um, we're going to have to cast our net real wide. Mm Mm-hmm. It also means we have to pay people. You know, that's the other thing. Okay, so the 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 financial resources play into all of that. So, do we have the space? Do we have the cast? You know, um, the cost of the rights is pretty much always the same. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about a hundred dollars a night. A
0: performance.
1: A performance. Uh Okay. Okay. So you're talking a thousand dollars. Yeah, just for the right, just just to do the play. To do the play. Mm -hmm. So uh, all of it, it's just like that's the cocktail, you know? Right? Can we find the right set designer? Mm -hmm. Is that person that we love available to design our set? What about a director who's the right director for this show? Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, it's just, it's a very complex mix. And
0: also it seems like sometimes the rights will be withheld, but then they will be extended. So then you have to react to... react to that information on that timetable when right. you have your own timetable that's trying to go where you're like, we have to announce the season, we right. have to go.
1: Right, right, mm-hmm. right. You know, lucky for us, it's not like we do four seasons, you know, four plays a year. We This is when we always announce our season. Therefore, mm-hmm. We're not really held to that because we don't have our own building, our own theater. We're still at that infant stage where we're like, oh, who has a slot open? Oh, and our ACT does, we'd like to take that. Mm-hmm. We'll fill it with something great, but yes, we'll take that slot. Right. So uh, we would, I'd like to be able someday to, to just have it completely figured out a year in, in advance, but you know, that's not always possible. Right. For instance, with Gloria, it was weird how they just withheld, 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 and then boom. Okay. Yeah, you can have it. I don't know. I don't know, the great gods of the theater world, what's going on. But... I'm glad
0: they smiled on you. I know. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's great news. When you're an artistic director of a company, there's so much happening on a day-to-day basis, things that you have to urgently deal with, oh, yes. that it can be hard to step back and take a longer-term oh, strategic gosh. view. Oh, yes. Who has the time to do that? Have you and David been able to say, all right, this is where we wanna go in the next couple of years, and this is how we think we might get there.
1: Yes. Yes, we have, and the only reason we can do that now is because of our Patreon campaign. Because we finally now have a monthly income flow that we can count on as kind of a, 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 a nest egg, or just a, you know, anyway. Yeah, so. Um, the past six months have been a flurry of activity because of launching the Patreon campaign, King Lear, and on the heels of King Lear, The Mystery of Love and Sex. It is not an ideal way to produce theater when mm-hmm. you are a machine of two people, mm-hmm. and we'll probably never do that again. But, you know, it, it happened because of space. If we hadn't produced The Mystery of Love and Sex now, it would have been a year until we produced something else. And Mm -hmm. that's not acceptable. That's not what our long view was. And so we made the decision to be completely insane and do two shows back to back. Mm -hmm. And it just was what it was. But our long view, you know, it definitely is, you know, we want to do at least three shows a year. That's our ultimate goal. We want to launch... Um, our Half-Pint arm of our company, Aww. which is for young people. Mm-hmm. Um, we would like to have a, you know, education resource for, for kids and teenagers, uh, devised theater, <coughs> Tamra, and um, Fun. yes, that ultimately <laughs> results in a production. So um, that's Half-Pint and we really are anxious to launch that. We haven't been able to do that yet mm-hmm. this year because we've been so busy with King Lear and the mystery of love and sex. And even Patreon was a huge thing to get off the ground. Let's talk about Patreon a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure everybody knows what it is. I feel like yeah. sometimes it's viewed with a little suspicion as though it is a charity option for people. Will you talk a little bit about why the Patreon
1: campaign is important to you, what it does for you, all of that, from your yeah, perspective sure so so patreon is a way for people to donate money to makers artists of any kind, any kind of maker um, or theater makers um, they can go online uh, to our, our patreon page just go to patreon and look for honest Pint theater Company and you as a patron can donate any amount of money you want to. Per month and it's drafted from your credit card and it, and it goes to our company and what that does is it gives us some kind of budget that we know we can work with. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives us a little bit of cushion. We know we'll have a cash infusion at the beginning of every month. In exchange for your donation you get rewards. You get first look at what we do special things just for you that we don't do for the general public. You get a free ticket to Mm -hmm. any of our shows or productions. There's other swag involved. We do Mm -hmm. t-shirts. We do pint glasses that are really cool. We call our patrons our pintrons. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so, if you're a fan of our work and you want to keep theater alive, you want to see Honest Pint thrive and grow, Mm -hmm. then we would love to have your donation every month. Mm -hmm. And that's, basically what it does. We are a nonprofit organization. This is just a way that has really worked well for us. It's not a one-time ask. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about charitable giving or Kickstarter or Indiegogo or whatever. It's it, They're great and they work, but you're constantly asking. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have another Kickstarter. Can you please give to us again? You know, whereas Honest Pint does Patreon and so it's once a month and you just our ask is done. We hope you'll continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can cancel it anytime you want if you need to. That's okay. We understand. But um, this is the only way we're going to keep our company alive and theater going. I mean, it's right. the demise of theater is real. Right.
0: Because the tickets don't pay.
1: No for tickets don't pay the bills. The, yeah, they don't at pay all. the bills.
0: You could sell many, many tickets. It's still not going to cover it.
1: You know, we we pay our artists. Mm-hmm. We don't want people to work for free for us. They're sacrificing so much already just to do this work. Mm -hmm. I mean, making theater is the craziest kind of art form because we can't do it as our full-time career job. It doesn't pay enough. Therefore, we have to do it at night and on the weekends. You sacrifice your personal life. You sacrifice everything to come and do this. We want to pay people. We can never pay them enough. Mm -hmm. God knows. They're working for very, very small amounts of money. But we hope to grow that someday. Mm -hmm. We want to pay them as much as we can. So we use those Patreon funds that people give us very, very wisely. We we have to use their money respectfully and we don't take it for granted. Mm -hmm. We don't mismanage our funds. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that we will never compromise on. And David and I have an agreement that uh, you know the the money we 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 are at the mercy of our our patrons, mm-hmm. and we will use that money in a very very uh, respectful manner. Right. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. So I think the people listening probably know that I also launched a Patreon campaign. Yes. And what they might not know is how what an emotional response it is. It, it what an emotional response it elicits to receive an email that says. So and so pledged oh, x number of dollars. I mean, I get an email like that, and literally tears yes. spring to my yes. eyes. Yes, you're like, oh my gosh! Yes. This
1: Thank you, person, did this yes. for us.
0: Yes, I
1: can't believe
0: it. Yes, and I will work my tail off yeah. for those people to oh, make yeah. them proud of the work that right. I do.
1: Yes, right. Yes, and it it touches us so much. Mm. And the first few days we launched the campaign, like the first handful of people. Oh my god, yeah, I cry, I'm crying about it now, dear yeah. up because that just means everything to us, yeah. everything. Yeah. We can't do it, we can't do it otherwise, because we're still pulling money out of our own pockets, I'm right. not going to lie. Yeah, so, but just to have that that you know, little handful of patrons that are saying, yes, go, go, go. Mm-hmm.
0: We believe in you, mm-hmm. we're your people, yes, yeah. it's, it's so incredibly meaningful. Oh, maybe we should take a moment to collect, collect ourselves, ourselves.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> as we weep into our microphones. Yes. So, as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> you have a show opening tomorrow night. We're recording this on October 26th, and mm-hmm. your show opens tomorrow night, the 27th mm-hmm. of October at NRACT. It is the regional premiere of Bathsheba Duran's The Mystery of Love and Sex, and I wanted to read a quick description of the play to give listeners some context. And here it is. Deep in the American South, Charlotte and Johnny have been best friends since they were nine years old. She's Jewish, he's Christian, he's black, she's white. Their differences intensify their connection until sexual desire complicates everything in surprising ways. This is an unexpected love story about where souls meet and the consequences of growing up. In this tender and funny exploration of the lives of two couples from two generations, Mr. Duran also probes such fertile mysteries as the fluidity of identity, our ability to keep secrets from our family and ourselves, and the difficulty and rewards of forgiveness. You have Dana Marks as the director, an excellent cast and designers, you are playing Lucinda in this production, Charlotte's mother. How would you describe her? How, how did you connect with this person?
1: Oh, Lucinda is a modern Southern woman. Um, that's another thing that I, we really liked about this show is it's it takes place in the South. It's interesting to us because um, you have these different characters uh, Different experiences of growing up in the South. Lucinda is a is a woman at her midlife point, as am I. Uh, she has sacrificed the first half of her life for her husband, for his career, and for her child, willingly, mm-hmm. lovingly, but has reached the point in her life where she's like, you know what? I'm not getting what I need, and I don't want to live the rest of my life like this. Mm-hmm and her husband can't give it to her or chooses not to. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so she, she's gotta make some decisions about where she's gonna go from here. Simultaneously, her daughter is going through uh, a thing in her life where she's searching for her true authentic self. And so these two women, mother and daughter, are going through uh, a, a similar journey Their stories may be different, uh, but they're still going through uh, this journey of of looking for love, looking for who they are, being true to themselves, and figuring out what direction to to go to in life in order to to live an authentic life. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really, it's beautiful, I I just love it. The
0: play has a series of challenging issues that come up, and I don't wanna yeah. spoil it for people who are listening, but this idea of the search for identity, accepting your own and accepting others, mm-hmm. seemed to be a huge foundational theme right. in this play. Yeah, It's a very funny play, it's a very poignant play. As I read it, I was thinking, wow, it must, be interesting as an actor to journey through this play because I felt exposed, even as a reader, it, it was hitting me emotionally in oh, yeah. places that felt really tender.
1: Yeah.
0: How did you react to doing a play about identity as you, as a person, are searching for
1: your own? You yeah. think mean, it's a
0: very human thing, right? It is.
1: And, you know, what this play points out is that as humans, we're constantly searching for our, our identity. It never stops throughout your whole lifespan. We are constantly evolving, constantly changing, constantly trying to figure out who we are and where we fit in the world. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 um, it does, it hits raw nerves in many places because um, you identify with that so profoundly and some of the things that come out of these characters mouths are horrible Mm -hmm. and beautiful Mm -hmm. and all four of these characters say some terrible things and expose parts of themselves that are not so pretty but are deeply ingrained in our society Mm -hmm. Um, as white people as black people as straight people as gay people we fundamentally we may love each other, but we do misunderstand each other. We all have ignorance about things, and it bubbles up. It, it surfaces, and it can be ugly. But if there's love and understanding, you can reach a, a place where you can turn that around and, and find beauty and and love in it and teach each other mm-hmm. tolerance and Patience and forgiveness. One of the things I liked about the script so much is that people,
0: the characters, didn't quit. Yeah. You know, they don't quit. Yeah. They don't just, like leave their family right, entirely right. and go to, I don't know, move to Canada or whatever. It's right. people keep coming back. Yeah, There's they, a commitment there. they
1: take a break, mm-hmm. but then they come back. Mm-hmm. Which is an
0: excellent lesson. Yeah, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Families do that.
0: Well, you do that with people you love and care about. And you can do that. You, so you can have rough spots, yeah. but you can come back together. And you, st- you know, yeah. we're in it. We're still in it. Yes. Yeah.
1: Commitment. Commitment to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: In this play, as you mentioned earlier, you play the mother of Charlotte, who is an adult child Mm -hmm. and I find that relationship to be both intriguing and frightening because I have two little children and I'm looking ahead to how do you parent a grown-up child and we don't really see we don't really see that relationship on stage very often.
1: Yeah, listeners can't see the silent screen, right? <laughs> no, we don't see that on stage very often. Or if we do, it's kind of not very real. Hmm. You know, yeah.
0: How? What do you think about the relationship between Charlotte and Lucinda?
1: I think it's it's um, it's very real. I think Lucinda is probably far more patient than the average mom mm-hmm. with her but you know i mean you don't want to see 2 hours of bickering on stage <laughs> i mean come on you know anyway um yeah you know they even they even have this moment in the in the play where they struggle with a mother daughter relationship versus a friend relationship mm-hmm. because you know once your kids reach age 18 they're supposedly adults right i mean they in the eyes of the law they are and they're supposed to be making their own decisions and you know all of that and so um, it's hard that's a hard relationship to navigate Mm -hmm. um, as a mom you know because you really never stop parenting your kid in many ways even when they're 30 or 40 Mm -hmm. or 50 Mm -hmm. and um, so I think when, when kids finally reach adult age at a certain point they can turn and look at their parents and go oh my god they are real people Mm -hmm. and they did have a love life or they still do have a love life and that's weird but also cool and you know
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, they discover things about you that when they're ready you can tell them about you know but i didn't tell you this before because you weren't ready to hear it Mm -hmm. but now that you're at this age i can tell you about myself and that's uh, for them, it freaks them out a little bit, but then they can appreciate you as a whole person. Right, right. As a fully formed, actualized human being. (laughs) And I think that goes
0: in both directions. I was just thinking, I feel like, you know, as a parent and a child, we kind of go through life almost thinking of each other two-dimensionally. Yes. And at a certain point, it's like we're like little pop-out people, you know what I mean? And we become three-dimensional, and you have to look at your child and say, like, oh, you are a person,
1: and you have a whole
0: internal life. Oh, an internal life, and a
1: a life I knew nothing about. Right. You were off at college or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you experienced all these things, and I had no idea. And, you know, as a parent, you have to let go. And that's so hard. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to, to just send them off into the world and you don't know where they are today, mm-hmm. where they drove last night, who they were with, what was happening. Yeah, it's really scary. It can be very freeing. And it's also really frightening. And we do see some of that in this play too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm frightened, just thinking about it. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> when we were talking towards the beginning of the podcast and you were listing all of your roles as co-artistic director, mm-hmm. one of them was the mean mom. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> what is it what is it like to be the parent of a theater company?
1: It's hard Tamara. It's mm-hmm. not it's not the role you want to be. Mm-hmm. But circumstances sometimes call for it. David and I have a mantra that we live by. Take the chaos out of creativity. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so that, what that means is the chaos out of our finances, because really at the root of any small business, and this is a business, mm-hmm. it's not playtime. We didn't come to play, ha, right. ha, ha. Right. It's a business. And so with any business, ultimately your finances are pretty much the most important thing, mm-hmm. your relationships and your relationship with each other. We want to take the chaos out of our creativity and so that means we keep our finances in order and we surround ourselves with people who do not bring chaos to our front door. Mm-hmm. We, we just cannot do that because uh, Honest Pint will cease to exist because David and I will be so run down and so stressed out that we don't want to do this anymore. It
0: becomes not worth doing. It's not
1: worth doing Mm -hmm. and it's not fun. So why do it? Mm -hmm. So take the chaos out of creativity. So when somebody brings chaos into our lives, into our production, into our company, I have to put my foot down. Mm -hmm. I have to be the mean mom, the mean Mm -hmm. parent. I don't want to be, I don't want to do that. Right but i can't there's just there there's just only so much i can i can handle and there are boundaries and there are just things that are not negotiable hmm. so as a, it's like being a parent this is i don't negotiate with children <laughs> okay. so you know, like, you know so um yeah so we 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 just and i you know i will admit i'm the hard ass i am i like any family unit, there's always that one parent that's the softy mm-hmm. and the other that's the disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's me, I'm fine. And that's how it is in my, with my relationship with my own family, my right. personal, my right. husband and my kids. But um, so I don't have a problem doing that. I just mm-hmm. don't. And, you know, I've, I am, I've reached the point in my life where I don't want to deal with people like that. Mm-hmm. I only have a finite amount of time left on this planet to do what I want to do, to finish out my life. I want to design it my way. Mm-hmm. And I think David would say the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? This is a family. We very much consider our Honest paint artists our family. Um, but like any family, there's dysfunction sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so we have to nip that in the bud because um, we don't want to create our, our work like that and have our lives be filled with that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you quickly learn who you want to work with and who you don't want to work with. And, you know, that's okay. This is a, this is a different kind of theater making. Mm -hmm. It's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. We're not a big machine. We don't have a million dollars in the bank. It is grassroots, I'm sorry to say. At this point, Mm -hmm. it very much still is. We don't want it to be that way forever, but it is now. And if, if that's not going to work for you as an artist, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It just means it's not for you. That's all. But, you know, um, we can't have stress and chaos in our lives. We are both very busy people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's... We have to uh, have some semblance of, of harmony and, and control over that situation.
0: I love the name of your theater company, Honest Pint, mm-hmm. partially because I identify the word honest with you. I think that you are very honest, have been consistently honest in the way that you talk with people and your approach to doing your work. And I love that about you and I try and model my own. I, I often think, what would Susanna do in this situation? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> How would she say this? Because I'm so conflict averse and I, I think about things In terms of conflict. Yeah. And so you are such a great model of someone who. Say it like it is. Yeah, just say it like it is.
1: I don't, you know, I'm sure some people find that abrasive, and I I don't mean to be, but, you know, you just reach a point in your life where this is it, babe. This Mm -hmm. is who I am. This is where I want to go, what I want to do, and I love you to death. But I am going to be honest with you because why be around the bush? I mean, Mm -hmm. that doesn't help anybody. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. Why is the company named Honest Pint? David came up with that. Um, an Honest Pint is a full 16 ounces of beer in a pint glass. Oh, okay. No foam. Oh. Just beer. Not 14 <laughs> ounces with two ounces of foam. So what, what we give you is real life. So we choose shows, projects that are hold a mirror up to life, show you the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the lovely, the gorgeous, the mess, all of that. Real life. Yeah. Honest pint. Full glass no foam. Full glass no foam. I like Drink it deep.
0: Thank you, Susanna. Thank for you, Tamara. Here today
1: for this honest conversation,
0: (laughs) see what I did there? I appreciate you so much and I love you so much. I love
1: you too. I admire you so much. Oh
0: gosh, thank you. Um, Break a leg. Thank you. And you're awesome. And I hope we get to work together again soon. Yeah,
1: me too, Special,
0: Special thanks to Shadowbox Studio in Durham, North Carolina where we are recording today. Check out their website, shadowboxstudio.org. For information about today's episode and more, go to artistsoapbox.org. And we're out.